welcome back and thank you for joining us for episode three. So today on our treasury segment, we're going to be discussing conspiracy theories. So some of the pretty popular ones you've probably heard of, but then some other ones that are completely batshit crazy. (laughs) They really are. We'll also, for our trash topic, be talking about a little show that um, it's quite niche. I don't know if you might have heard of it. It's called Grey's Anatomy. Um, (laughs) so we're going to be breaking down the seasons at lightning speed and we're going to be making some comments and delving into our favorite moments and characters cannot wait all right but first things first treasury So for today's treasury, we got the idea for this segment in last week's monarchy episode, where we briefly touched on the theory that Princess Diana was killed by the royal family. So as promised, I'm going to give an overview of that conspiracy theory, and then we're also going to cover a few more. Yep, including my first one about crop circles. (laughs) So uh, a few of you might be familiar with uh, the old crop circle conspiracy. Um, It began in the 16th century, where there was the first ever evidence of any sort of flattening of any grass. But actually, that story was about a man who charged too much for gardening. because. (laughs) Did they have gyms mowing in the 16th century? Yes, exactly. Well, he was cutting grass with a scythe, and that is uh, the implement that the uh, death holds, the... What you, the Grim Reaper, you know, he's holding that thing. I think that's called a scythe. And so um, the man says, I would rather have the devil harvest my grain than you. And so the next morning he comes back and he was harvesting his grain. <laughs> and they found evidence of this on a wood carving and they called it the mowing devil. So (laughs) that's where it all began. So they were scared that the devil came and mowed their lawn for them. I would love the devil to mow my lawn. Have you seen the size of my backyard? (laughs) Exactly. I've got some serious weeds that need chopping out there. You can be the devil if you want. Um, So a seriologist is somebody who studies crop circles. So there's there's a whole educational department about it in the conspiracy theory world. So the first evidence of sort of an actual example of a crop crop circle came about in Australia in the 60s where there was some depression in some grass and a guy who was visiting Australia called Doug went back to England and told his buddy Dave when they were drunk at a pub, hey, wouldn't it be hilarious if we did one? And Dave was like, yeah, that would be hilarious. So they go and make a fake crop circle (laughs) And what's hilarious is that nobody noticed at first. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) It is. It's like they went to all this effort. They were drunk and they were waiting for the drop, like the long joke reaction. And they didn't get it because they were making making their crop circles in flat fields where nobody could see. And it was before you had a drone to take a quick photo and, you know. (laughs) Yeah, drones weren't just readily available for, you know, random farmers um, in Hampshire and Wiltshire in England. So what they did was they upped their game and they started making them on inclined fields so that when people walk out of their house or whatever, that they can see them quite immediately. That would be a very creepy thing to wake up to in the morning. I can see a little bit how the theory took off that that is a really creepy 
paranormal activity. Absolutely. I can see how they took off and, you know, you would be surprised. But also it is, I mean, this was the 60s up till the 70s and uh, the first proper circle that someone sort of came across like that was really real and hit the media hard was in 1981. So people are fairly, you know, like coming up in the world at this point, you know, their past the world is flat sort of thing and they're still believing in aliens. Yeah, that was and- way that didn't happen between the 60s and the 80s that we discovered the world was a globe. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I was going to say yeah, that did not happen then. Like we're past this. So I don't know. The first thing that people think, oh, this isn't some hoax. It must be aliens. So um, this was a very paranoid time, the 90s. The X-Files was around in the 90s. Great show. I think E.T. was made in the early 90s, late 80s maybe. Late, late Could 80s, be wrong yeah. on that. Yeah. Unsure, it's, unsure. It's the vibe. <laughs> also, the other reason that the 90s was a very paranoid time is because we had the impending millennium, Grace. Mm, so Y2K. people... Oh, people were all all kinds of worried about the millennium. Anyway, so the crop circles they thought were signs from aliens. And here's my reference to Signs, the movie, with Mel Gibson and the girl from Little Miss Sunshine. Love um, some of the hilarious shapes that were made by crop cir- in crop circles, one, one was an alien smoking a joint. Um, that the is others so were good. Just- <laughs> Yes, it's so good. Obviously, heaps of them were like amazing circles. Um, but I love even the ones that are circles. They're still like trolling the farmers. Yes, they're still trolling the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> and farmers actually um, didn't hate it because they got all of these people to their farms and would yeah. charge people to come and view their Great crop circles. Yes, so yeah, they they got... A little bit of cash out of it. Well, that's your next conspiracy theory. Crop circles are an inside job. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, There was lots of discredited articles saying things like, even with crop circle makers claiming responsibility for hundreds of designs, hoaxes can't account for all the thousands of crop circles created. Uh, Except they they totally can. (laughs) They absolutely can. 100% of crop circles can be accounted for by hoaxes. And wind. And wind, Grace. Um, So the other reason that in this particular area where Dave and Doug lived in England is that's also near where Stonehenge is. Mm. And so, you know, just a conspiracy theorist sweat dream, you know, like totally. that all of this stuff is all in the one area. You know, but aliens, paranormal, totally. you know, link what link whatever you want. Like because just- there's a theory that Stonehenge was laid by the aliens because they didn't have heavy machinery mm-hmm. and cranes. So how did they mm-hmm. assemble it? Exactly. With their bare hands. One of life's greatest mysteries. Um, so, but before you move on, though, I'm interested in Doug and Dave and where they were in Australia. And so, is there some theory that like crop circles are an Australian thing? Is it like a traditional Aboriginal thing? Yeah. So there was this guy. I don't know where he was. Um, I didn't get that that deep in, but he was just in Australia somewhere, and um, he basically reported that his grass had some random depressions in it that were just a little bit unexplained um and that could have been wind it could have been something it could have been an animal it could have been it, it could, could have been a ufo been. landing yeah it could have been the ufo but anyway so he decided to um you know write into a newspaper and that newspaper decided to publish it and 
good old Dave was visiting and then was telling his mate at the pub in England, like, listen to the crazy Australian that said this crazy thing. What year and was then- it? That was the 60s, yeah, because and then they... without wanting to sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, you know what it could have been as well is like um, <laughs> the American nuclear operation <laughs> because so they did a lot of nuclear stuff in Australia such as building like missiles but they also would dump their nuclear waste in the middle of Australia. So it mm. could be American oh, activity. I mean, yeah. Didn't even come across that one, Grace. Like, I've probably just started a new conspiracy theory. <laughs> there you go. Um, there was also a guy who made a video of crop circles going down in real time. But he came out and showed everybody how he did it. Like, he showed everyone how he did it. He used CGI. Um, but like so many conspiracy theorists, the defense to this is that he was paid off. He was paid to say this so that they didn't disturb the people. You know, this is what the government wants you to think. Oh, this is what the government wants you to think, Grace. You know, it's like, oh, wake up, sheeple. You're being lied to. You're being lied to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's just bizarre. And I think um, this particular theory um, is just so crazy. It's so crazy. I mean, people have come out and said, this is what happened. This is what actually, you know, we were doing a hoax you know artists have come out and claimed responsibility for all of their beautiful artworks and even the unclaimed ones would have been done by artists you know got heaps of artists who do rogue paintings and graffiti you know i don't think they're conspiracy theory theories it's just people do art and they don't necessarily want to claim it because maybe they don't want to get in trouble because they exactly were trespassing on someone's land <laughs> and that's <laughs> what i that's think about this whole thing it's like it's likely. barely even counts as a conspiracy theory because it's just so obviously explainable and there's no motive for it to exist as a conspiracy like there's exactly. nothing interesting think- or intriguing or mysterious it- about it at all it's very, very interesting because you're right and it, it just really says a lot about, you know, why people want to believe this stuff. I think you can True. claim whatever you want. You can have all the evidence in the world and people will believe whatever they want to believe. True. Just like the Diana theory, Grace. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess on the Diana theory, I'll just briefly go over it because I've got another example I'm going to go into in more detail this episode. Mm-hmm. But- yep. Basically, Diana was famously killed in a car accident in Paris in 1997, and she died along with her boyfriend and their limousine driver. So there's a bunch of different trains of thought about how it could have happened. There's Mm -hmm. other theories like that. So the driver was supposedly drunk, but there's theories that actually he wasn't drunk. And there's like they swapped the body with this other guy and really he did it on purpose. There's theories that um, they were intentionally blinded by a bright light and a lot of people have reported they saw a light. But sort of, of course they saw a light in tunnels. There's like, you know, there's cars, there's paparazzi who were chasing yeah. them at the time. It's like obviously there were lights everywhere. Totally. It's not even a conspiracy. They just were lights. <laughs> But the conspiracy theories took off to the extent that the Metropolitan Police actually launched an operation to investigate the conspiracy theories. No freaking way. And poured millions of pounds and detective hours into establishing if there was anything behind it. No way. Yeah. I can't believe that it actually had any credit. Well, the most compelling theory is that basically it is well documented that Diana was afraid for her life. So she'd been getting like weird things like her car had been tampered with, her brakes had been cut. 
She was having a, um, a relationship with her bodyguard who she said was the love of her life. And he died in quite a mysterious car accident and she believed it was um, not an accident. And she wrote this letter, um, which she gave it to her butler for safekeeping in case anything would happen to her. And this letter has been verified as genuine. And Mm. the letter says, this particular phase of my life is the most dangerous. Charles is planning an accident in my car, brake failure and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry. So considering how she died, that's very creepy. Absolutely. That is very freaky. Well, obviously disproven. It never went anywhere. And the inquiry found out it was all discredited. Um, So I think it's nothing more than just a tragic accident with an eerie bit of coincidence to what she sort of had foreshadowed. So sad. Poor Diana. Very sad. But I have a much funnier one that I also want to tell you about. Yes, I'm listening. So it is the theory that uh, George W. Bush was behind Britney Spears' 2007 meltdown. (laughs) (laughs) It's so random, but wait till I tell you about it. I have not come across that theory before. No. (laughs) So basically the theory goes that Britney Spears was on the Bush payroll to just create drama and take the media attention away from any of his stuff-ups. And they have done this whole timeline, which is pretty compelling. So in January 2004, George Bush blew the cover of a CIA agent and it led to like this big trial. And the week before the trial was about to start, you've never heard of this trial, right? No. Because Britney Spears married her childhood friend, Jason Alexander, in Las Vegas and took all the attention away. And apparently (laughs) Alexander said she just called me up as a booty call. It was like a friend asking a friend to come help. But really, it was to distract the American public. Oh, my God. It goes on. (laughs) April 2006, Bush's approval rating is an all-time low, 33%. Britney Spears is seen driving with her infant son on her lap rather than in a car seat. Then people just have an endless debate around the lap and infant protocol without talking about, like, what Bush is doing. Jesus Christ. But All right. But what other links are there? That's pretty Okay, it gets it gets long, funny. Long bow to draw. <laughs> well, wait till you hear this next little bit of evidence. The ice in the okay. hole. February 2007. Bush announces the reformation of Al-Qaeda. You had one job, Bush. <gasps> that same night, Britney Spears sneaks out of rehab, shaves her head and attacks a paparazzi van with an umbrella. <laughs> The same day that Al Qaeda got back. Are you saying? Are you saying that there was no coverage on Al Qaeda and everyone, all of the paparazzi, was just on Britney and like no one cared about what Bush did that day? Do you remember hearing about the reformation of Al Qaeda in February two thousand seven? What do you reckon you were reading about? I definitely don't recall that. No. But no, do you remember no, Britney Spears shaving her head and of course, paparazzi about? of course, exactly. Now. Oh. Interestingly, there's actually historical precedent for this. So in the 50s and 60s, the CIA secretly bankrolled the abstract impressionist movement as a way to combat Soviet communism because the goal was to show the superiority of the free market culture by exploiting hip and edgy art. (laughs) And a more um, pop culture example, Elvis Presley apparently infiltrated the music industry to flush out communist drug dealers and he was given a badge from the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs by President Richard Nixon. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is so nuts. 
It's nuts, but it gets even nutser. So that's like okay. one element of the theory. Okay. But then they're like, there's a bit of a hole in the theory because nothing really that bad was happening at the White House when Britney Spears produced and released Britney and Kevin Chaotic, her UPN reality series. And in fact, like, what was was she covering up? What was she covering up, Grace? Maybe we'll never know. Well, the only Bush story in the news at the time was about how someone tried to kill him. And if anything, you'd think that Bush would want people to know about that. So he'd want more airtime for that. So it doesn't make sense, like, why Britney would do that unless Britney didn't know she was working for Bush. Enter the Illuminati. So basically, that theory is that the Illuminati brainwashes celebrities into being super soldiers, ready to, like, rise when triggered by a code word. (laughs) And they believe she was, like, conditioned in her time at Mickey Mouse Club, obviously the site of brainwashing and super spy training. Oh, my God. I have just... I've been miss- missing a niche that I wish that I've been exploring for years now. I just want to get on top of all of these insane conspiracy theories. Some of the random ones I came across was that related to what you just said, Beyonce is in the Illuminati. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's um, that one? Like she just is like running the world. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much she's in the Illuminati. She's ready They're to like, who run soul. this world? They're like, she admitted to it in her song. Um, the British royals um, are lizard people. <laughs> um, there's another one that um, the Beatles never existed, which is there's a whole movie based on this, which is gorgeous. Yeah. And it's called Yesterday, which is as if the Beatles never existed, which shout out. If you haven't seen this movie, it is gorgeous. It's heartwarming. It's funny. Just it's on Amazon it. Prime if you want to stream it. It's on it. Amazon Prime. It's It's gorgeous. Okay, I've got a few stupid ones as well. So apparently there's a theory that Taylor Swift has no belly button (laughs) because she used to always wear cropped, like, crop tops, but she had them quite high and it never showed her belly button, which led to a media article saying there's no proof she has a belly button, which led people to say she doesn't have a belly button. Therefore, logic must follow that she doesn't have one. She's probably just got an Audi and she's just self-conscious. Totally. Or like a trashy piercing. <laughs> exactly. A piercing but there's another one that you'll love. Um, okay. Stevie Wonder, the legendary blind singer-songwriter, is not actually blind and he's just been pretending to be blind for 60 years for some reason. <laughs> and the evidence, like a the cool smoking shtick, gun, like that he... is that he frequently attends basketball games. He once caught a falling mic stand and he is interested in photography and once took a photo. So, therefore, he's not blind. He's faking it. Exactly. Um, And obviously a couple of current ones. So there's a few, um, you know, silly rumours about coronavirus that uh, 5G towers are causing coronavirus. And this is not new, actually. This has been a thing that people who are conspiracy theorists about 5G just basically blame it on everything, anything they come across. It's not new. Um, There's another theory that, yep. There's another theory that coronavirus is man-made, obviously. Um, There's also this crazy guy called Jim Humble who perpetuates this crazy stuff called Master Mineral Solution or Miracle Mineral Solution, also known as MMS. And basically, it's chlorine dioxide, which is just industrial strength bleach. 
and right. they believe they believe it will cure pretty much bloody anything. So that's pretty much but, what Trump just said about coronavirus. He's like, should we just inject disinfectant into our veins? And everyone's like, no, <laughs> please don't do that. That will poison you. Oh my god, that is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um. They just believe it will cure anything. So they've been going on about MMS for years, um, baldness, AIDS, autism. and of It course, sounds like also my big frat Greek wedding, like just put Windex on it. Yeah, just put Windex on it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But, yeah, it's, it's really horrible stuff. People actually use it. They give it to their kids. It's very, very dangerous. And so a lot of these conspiracy theories are very funny and hilarious and bring a lot of joy to, <laughs> to people like you and I um, mm. reading about them. But, um, yeah, some of them are really dangerous um, by perpetuating misinformation and stuff stuff like this, you know, taking bleach, giving it to kids, giving it to pets, people taking it themselves, incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And I guess also dangerous and damaging to the celebrities involved as well if there's these weird defamatory, like, rumours circulating. And And people just, you know, like, just more reasons to, you know, conspire against the government or think that everyone's out to get them you know it's just it's kind of just not helpful you know it's like do you do your research properly like listen to a doctor (laughs) speaking of doctors i think it might be time for our next segment should we talk about gray's anatomy let's get into it okay So today for our trash segment, as promised, we will be talking about the generation-defining hospital drama, Grey's Anatomy. If anyone hasn't seen this show, there's about 16 seasons you need to catch up on, so good luck with that. (laughs) But you know, there's nothing else to do on the weekend these days if you're in quarantine, so you may as well. (laughs) Exactly. It's a fantastic quarantine show, as Grace, I'm sure you would attest to. So essentially, this is a show about a bunch of doctors. They all have relationships with each other. And every episode, there's some sort of crazy medical drama and it has its own little mini storyline. But then there are all these other crazy dramatic storylines that happen throughout the seasons. So what we've decided to do is to recap Grey's Anatomy, all 16 seasons, but at crazy speed. We are going. You will never have heard a quicker synopsis of Grey's Anatomy. So, Grace, I believe you're going to kick us off with seasons one to six. Yes. And as mentioned, I have been watching this in quarantine and I just want to point out something quarantine related about this show. So actually, because of coronavirus, Grey's Anatomy has been ordered to stop production and give all of their medical equipment to the health department because they're hoarding so much medical supplies. (laughs) I love that piece of information so much. Okay, let's go. Season one. So, the main character, Meredith Grey, wakes up in the first episode after sleeping with a man she can't remember, and she's got to go to her first day of a new job where she's a surgical intern, and we're introduced to all the main characters. So there's her resident, Bailey, who's like kind of a bitch but actually really awesome. Then there's Georgia Malley, who's kind of dopey but really lovable. There's Christina Yang, who's kind of cold but very smart. Izzy Stevens, who's like very empathetic and friendly. And Alex Karev, who's the asshole. And you're also introduced to the chief of the hospital, Richard Weber, who had an affair with Meredith's mother, who was an amazing surgeon but now has Alzheimer's. Anyway, the man from the bar turns out to be the head of neurosurgery at the hospital and they nickname him Mick Dreamy because he's really cute. 
<laughs> Meredith and him start dating and Christina's also dating the head of cardio. And then things are going really well between Meredith and Derek. And in the season finale, a beautiful redhead shows up and says to Meredith, I'm Addison Shepard and you must be the woman who's been screwing my husband. <laughs> That's right. I completely forgot about all of that. But also an important talking point is that Izzy Stevens, the hot model doctor, is Catherine Heigl. Mm. And this is where she began her claim to fame. That is an important point. And also, McDreamy is Patrick Dempsey, who is the leading man in a lot of 80s movies. Is it Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. Isn't it? Hugh Dancy? <laughs> Who the f*** is Hugh Dancy? Do you mean Hugh Laurie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, wait, it's a different English actor I always confuse him with, so that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Is he in 80s movies? Yeah, I only remember the cover, kind of like you and Joe Dirt, but he's definitely <laughs> in something. I think it's called Can't Buy Me Love. And he actually is not even hot in the 80s. Like, he really aged like a fine wine, and he is, like, much better in his 40s than he was in his 20s. All right, Grace, season two. Let's get into it. All right, season two is where it gets exciting. All right, so... Meredith's like, what the heck, you've got a wife? And Addison starts being a doctor at the hospital where she's doing surgeries on babies. And Derek is like, should I stay with Addison? And then Meredith is like, pick me, choose me, love me. <laughs> but besides... <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, but he is like, oh, I've had 11 years with Addison. I should stay with her. You find out Addison cheated on, on him with his best friend, who is the plastic surgeon called Mark Sloan, who was also really hot. Then this really hot heart patient called Danny Duquette, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, comes in and Izzy's his doctor and she totally yeah. falls in love with him. She's totally unprofessional and she's like trying to save his life and she ends up cutting his LVAD wire to make him get sick, to make him get a heart, which is like really bad. And then he gets the heart and then he proposes and it's really beautiful and then he dies. Oh, that season was so sad. <laughs> yeah, it was a big season. It was definitely the point at which I turned off and I'm sure many other people did too. Well, like, I remember you saying you turned off then when a main character dies because he's not a main character. He's in, like, five episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you've got to remember that we had better attention spans back then. You know, we were watching week to week. You know, we were living for Danny's heart transplant. True. And I do remember when this came out, I was, like, in year nine or something, and I do remember being like, oh, my God, this is, like, the best storyline ever, and Snow Patrol was playing. It's, like, oh, how Snow, Snow Patrol got Patrol. really big. It was dramatic. And then even though it's a hospital show and usually they wear scrubs, for some reason they have a prom in this episode, so she's wearing a prom dress. But when I rewatched it as an adult, I'm like, actually, this storyline is really weird, and actually it's like Munchausen by proxy because Izzy only likes him when she- he's sick. <laughs> I watched yeah, it again true. and like she's flirting with him in the hospital, but he gets discharged and then it would actually be okay for them to date, but they don't date at all. They have no contact. And it's just when he comes back in again that they start dating again. I was obsessed with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I would watch him in other movies. Like he was just <laughs> absolutely the best. <laughs> you know, we weren't actually close friends in high school. We became friends at the end of high school. But I sort of feel like I knew this about you. Like you were notorious <laughs> in high school for being obsessed with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> it's honestly going to be people listening to this podcast who went to our high school <laughs> If you knew, they probably know. How embarrassing. How oh, embarrassing. Look, a fact is a fact. I was obsessed with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and <laughs> he is beautiful. So whatever. I'm going to own that. <laughs> 
I actually switched off at the end of Denny dying because I just hated it so much. <laughs> and I think I picked it up a few years later and then I stopped again at another point. Um, and then again, I picked it up again a few years later after that because I was just too pissed off that people died. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do die. All right. <laughs> Let's get into season three. So Izzy has a breakdown and she quits and she's got this $9 million check from Denny because he was actually secretly rich, which she won't deposit. yeah. It was like a really random storyline that just was like, oh, by the way, he was rich. You get introduced to a new intern called Kelly who gets married to George. Um, Then Izzy and Miranda open this clinic and Izzy pays for it with her check. Addison goes off to like this private practice in LA for a few episodes, which is basically just like a random pilot for a spin-off show. And then Christina and Burke are going to get married and Burke's mom shaves off Christina's eyebrows a few hours before she walks down the aisle, <laughs> which was hilarious. And then Meredith, as usual, makes the wedding all about her. And she's like, if Burke and Christina get married, it means I have a chance of love. And then Burke leaves Christina at the altar. And then Meredith's like, okay, that means I therefore must break up with Derek. Oh, Meredith, these early years are not her strong point. Okay, I did forget the dumping at the altar storyline. Same. So I think I must have dipped in and out or it was just forgettable. Yeah. I mean, I seriously didn't care about Burke at all. Like, I thought he was so boring. Mm. (laughs) But actually, he got kicked off the show because he was being a real jerk um, around um, the set. He made a homophobic comment. Yeah, and they were just like, mm, no, we'll, we'll fire you. But, yeah, there's definitely um, – it's very easy to write anyone out of a show at a moment's notice. Wasn't Burke meant to play Derek? He was. Burke was meant to play Derek, but um, for whatever reason they changed their minds. There's some discussion that Ellen Pompeo didn't have as good chemistry with um, the guy who played Burke, and so they decided to get uh, Patrick Dempsey. Hmm. Well – Alan and Patrick Dempsey slash Hugh Dancy definitely do have good chemistry. (laughs) All right. You ready for season four? I'm ready for season four. Okay. So the interns are now residents and they all have a bunch of new interns, including Meredith's little sister, Lexi, who Meredith is being a bitch to because Meredith's dad left um, Meredith's family to go be a good dad for Lexi. And then also George O'Malley failed his intern exam, so he's also one of the interns. George and Kelly got married and then they got divorced. And then Izzy slept with George while he was married, even though they're only married for like five seconds. So like very rude. And then um, Derek starts dating this nurse called Rose. Meredith and Derek have been sleeping together, but not exclusive. But then they decide actually they want to be exclusive. And Derek's like, look, this is like the house I want to build in the forest. And Meredith's like adorable. And then Meredith builds him the house he wants to build in the forest out of candles for all the rooms. And it's really cute. (laughs) And then they're like, we should be together. But then he's like, BRB, got to go break up with Rose. (laughs) I have zero memory of Rose, just quietly. But also... She's pretty. She's got big doe eyes. Is she? Okay. Well, season four was pretty much a snooze. So let's just get straight into season five. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit of a nothing season. Okay, season five. So an icicle falls into Christina's chest. And then this new surgeon who was in the war, Owen Hunt comes in to save her and then they get together and then he has a PTS dream about the war and he tries to choke her in her sleep and then there's also a new pediatric surgeon called Arizona who gets together with Kelly and then Izzy starts seeing her dead fiance Denny's ghost and she basically starts sleeping with and dating his ghost for the whole season. Oh my god yes I forgot this I actually think I probably started watching Grey's Anatomy again um, like a couple of years later after Denny died and then I stopped again and I stopped again. <laughs> 
because she was dating his ghost and then her, his ghost went away. And I was like, yeah. you can't just give us Jenny back and then take him away again. Like, screw you guys. Screw you, Shonda it, Rhimes. It's so <laughs> hilarious because Izzy just has all these scenes where she's just masturbating all day, sleeping with her ghost fiancé. <laughs> It's so weird. It is so weird. I felt like at the time, like, I didn't, like, notice how weird it was. But I suppose going back, it's pretty strange. (laughs) It's very strange. But then they realise she actually has a stage for melanoma that's spread to her brain and is causing her delusions. Then Derek proposes to Meredith in an elevator decorated with, like, all these surgeries. And then, like, to keep Izzy occupied during all of her chemo, she plans a big wedding for Meredith and Derek, but it's, like, really not their vibe because it's all, like, really over the top. And then right before the wedding, Meredith's like, actually, Izzy, this is, like, your dream wedding. So she ends up getting married to Karev, who I haven't really mentioned, but actually they've been dating and they're kind of really cute. So they get married. That's right. That's right. That was pretty cute. And then in the season finale, George decides he's going to go join the army and he's reporting for duty the next day and everyone's like, we need to have an intervention. Like, he is not going to the army. And then then that same episode, there's this bus crash victim who jumped in front of a bus and they don't know who he is. And then Izzy is getting a brain surgery. She, like, um, Derek's doing her brain surgery and Izzy's flatlining and the bus crash patient is flatlining and you realise the bus crash patient is George O'Malley because he writes 007 in Meredith's hands and she's like, oh, my God, it's George. And it's, like, so dramatic. So both Izzy and George are, like, both dying. Um, Izzy's okay, but George dies. That was genuinely surprising when that happened. Like, um, I forgot. Yeah, I will remember as well. I was like, I don't even care about this, like, John Doe stranger. Like, Izzy has brain cancer. Like, just let him die. Yeah. Although, like, if I was to watch it now, I feel like I know all their tricks. Like, if I haven't seen someone in shot for a while, I'm like, ooh, who is it? Who's dead? Because clearly it's got to be someone. True, <laughs> someone but, close to the squad. Yeah. And in this episode, like, they're talking about George. The episode's about George because they're like, as soon as George gets out of surgery at six, we're doing an intervention. So, like, you're always talking about George. And, yeah, I definitely did not pick it up at the time. All right. Season six, go. So Seattle Grace merges with another hospital. So there's all these new doctors and there's also a new head of cardio, which is Dr. Teddy Altman. So basically it's like Harry Potter, professor of the defense against the dark arts teacher because they're always getting a new head of cardio. Anyway, she was in the war with Owen and she loves Owen. And then Christina says that she can have Owen as long as Christina can keep doing heart surgeries. And then Richard gets fired for being an alcoholic and Derek becomes a new chief. Then in the season finale, the husband of a woman who recently died at the hospital because Derek said he she needed to be switched off because she didn't want to be resuscitated. The husband goes on a shooting rampage and a bunch of doctors get shot, including Karev and McDreamy. Oh, harrowing, harrowing season finale. That was honestly just such a hard finale to watch. I I was terrified on the edge of my seat. Like, yeah. So tense. And that's where you're up to, isn't it? That's where I'm up to. So the rest of the recaps I'm hearing with fresh ears. So over to you. Yeah. Well, you like with along with a lot of the population <laughs> probably like stopped watching around about where you are. It's only really dedicated show watchers like myself that are up to season 16. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending how long quarantine lasts, I might get there. But if not, I'll just hear it from you. So exactly. are you ready for season seven? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so Derek and Karev survived the shooting, but Derek's all like PTSD and speeding and cars and getting arrested and stuff. Then he just walks in and quits as chief. 
Meredith was pregnant in the finale, but never told Derek. And then she had a miscarriage because of the shooter and it was really scary. Christina also kind of has PTSD. They all kind of do in their own little way. Arizona goes to Africa without Callie. Derek and Meredith adopt an orphan from Malawi and have to fight for custody, which is really, really beautiful. Arizona asks Callie to marry her and then there's a massive car crash and Callie has a premature baby and has a long and painful recovery and they have their very first musical episode and it's epic (laughs) and it's awesome. (laughs) I totally watched the musical episode because I love musicals. Oh, I know. And like honestly, musical episodes are usually a total snore, but this is fantastic. Um, Apparently the Glee cast musical coach actually coached, coached them for this episode and they all did sing. Yeah, well, Torres has a really good voice. Um, yes. So I often listen to the songs she sings in this episode. It's on my, like, top 100 Spotify of the year tracks frequently. It's a banger. All right, season eight. All right, so Weber's wife deteriorates from Alzheimer's. Christina and Owen have a very hard conversation because she doesn't want to have a baby, and he really does. Owen becomes chief. Yang gets pregnant and has an abortion, and it's all like like all the emotions because Owen really wants a baby, and it's really sad. Um, Owen has an affair with a random, and he and Yang separate for a little bit. Then, in the season finale, all the doctors, including Meredith, Mark McSteeny, Christina Yang, Derek, and Arizona, and Lexi, are all in a plane crash. What? What? And yes, and Lexi dies. Oh, I love Lexi. <laughs> I know. She's dead, Grace. She's gone. Aww, they ran out of storyline for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this recaps are already getting incredibly tense. I'm not sure that I'm ready for like seven more seasons, but come on, let's go. <laughs> you ready to get hurt again? <laughs> yeah, come on. I'll rip the bandaid off. Season nine. Meredith starts getting called Medusa by the interns because she's now a boss lady and she's really scary. Mark is in a coma from the plane crash and then he dies. What? Yes. Kelly decides to amputate Arizona's leg, um, which had shrapnel in it from the plane crash, but without Arizona's consent. And then she just resents her for the rest of the season and multiple seasons afterwards. Then basically there's a massive class action against the hospital because Owen put them on the plane that crashed and they all get a shitload of money. The hospital basically has to go into administration and the doctors all put their money into a lolly jar and buy the hospital. Epic. Yep. Meredith's pregnant again but falls down the stairs, but Bailey saves her life and then super cute. um, Meredith calls her baby Bailey. Um, Another doctor comes to the hospital called Joe and she falls in love with Alex. Arizona cheats on Callie because hashtag resentment. It's interesting Meredith names her baby after Bailey because Bailey named her son George. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, so it's a bit of a tradition. Okay, season 10? Season 10. So... Jackson Avery goes to steal April from her wedding and they run off in the rain and she's in a wedding dress and it's all, you know, very dramatic. Callie realises she doesn't dance in her undies anymore and she is not happy with Arizona because hashtag resentment. I can really picture that storyline. I don't dance in my undies anymore. What's the matter, Callie? I don't dance in my undies. Exactly. I can just Um, so picture it. Christina Yang gets nominated for a Harper Avery Award for medical breakthroughs, but she loses. Then she gets offered a fancy job in Zurich. Bailey gets the chief job. And in the season finale, right before Christina leaves, she says to Meredith, before she leaves the show for good, I know, 
I know. So sad. She says, you are an extraordinary surgeon, Mayor, with a gifted mind. Don't let what he wants eclipse what you need. He's very dreamy, but he is not the son you are. And that is like one of the most epic moments in Grey's Anatomy. Wow. Um, I have some quick follow-up questions about that season. So can we talk about the fact that April runs off in a wedding dress from her own wedding? Because that is literally the plot of a Taylor Swift song. That is Speak Now. (laughs) (laughs) Grace, like, seriously, at some point someone's going to say that this whole show is a conspiracy that is sponsored by Taylor Swift. (laughs) It isn't, but Taylor Swift relates to most topics. Like, did you know she actually loves Grey's Anatomy and she named her cat Meredith? Oh, my God, that's so cute. (laughs) It's very cute. Anyway, but again, yes, not the point. So, season 11. All right, season 11. So April gets pregnant with Jackson's baby, but tragically it's uh, it dies, is stillborn. April has a breakdown and runs off into the army. Kelly and Arizona are separated, and Derek dies. Ooh. But actually, to be honest, like, uh, I'm not that upset about it. And also, I've seen a lot of memes about it, so it's not a genuine surprise, but also I just don't really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, literally, um, I don't really care that much either. But, like... I suppose he was a big, big character um, and of a beloved show, you know, in season 11 to kill off a main character like that um, was a pretty big deal. So the next two seasons are completely muddled up. So let's just do them together. So 12 and 13. Okay. 12 and 13. Go. Okay, so after Derek dies, Meredith disappears and then Rand, and she, of course she has to deal with it in a Meredith way. So she comes back and she has a baby and everyone's like, what, Meredith? You were pregnant? WTF. Mm. Like, seriously. Anyway, so her sister Maggie likes this guy called Riggs and then Meredith also likes this guy called Riggs and that's a little bit awkward. But she's moved on from Derek at this point. Like, she's over it. Later, April Kempner gets pregnant again with Jackson's baby again, but they can't get past their previous child who died, so they decide to separate. Joe's weird about Karev wanting to get married. Um, It turns out she's married to an ex-stalker guy who tries to kill her. There's a new doctor who comes to Grace Sloan who's actually the doctor who killed Derek, which is super controversial. Um, She falls in love with Kelly and they eventually move to New York. Owen's sister, who was in love with Riggs, who also liked Meredith, who also liked Maggie, they realise that she didn't die in the war, but actually she was captured by terrorists. (gasps) Yes. And so Riggs immediately leaves Meredith and goes to get his girlfriend who he thought was dead. And it was so romantic. Meredith was like, you go. Be happy, because if I found out that Derek was alive, I would leave you in a second. And it was just really adorable and epic. So, question. Um, obviously, Sandra O oh left to go do, like, Killing Eve and other stuff. But where is Christina while Meredith's, like, having a breakdown and having babies? Like, where is Christina? Yeah, so they pretty much just, like, catch up on the phone. <laughs> She okay. <laughs> she keeps like, she keeps just That's like anticlimactic, but okay, <laughs> anticlimactic. Yeah, they 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 just clearly couldn't afford Sandra O anymore, and she was like off to do other awesome projects. But um, yeah, they just like she pops up on the screen every now and then, like text message from Christina. Can we just stop for a moment to appreciate Sandra O? Like she is honestly just the funniest actress. She's so quick. You love her, and she is one of the happiest person you've ever met. If, if you've seen her in an interview, she's just cannot contain herself, and she's really? just absolutely beautiful. Like she's just, oh, I just Sandra O deserves everything. I love her so much. She is very amazing. <laughs> she is. okay. You ready for season fourteen? I'm ready. Okay, so Owen's sister comes back from the terrorists and she's got this weird tummy issue that she never got seen to, so Meredith performs a groundbreaking surgery and with the Harper Avery Award for medical awesomeness. Owen and Amelia separate. 
But Olin actually goes to Germany and has an affair with Teddy Altman, cardiothoracic oh. surgeon. Yes. And Joe's crazy ex-husband, like, finds her and hunts her down, but then actually he dies, and then she's like, woohoo, no more crazy ex-husband stalker guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, April actually marries that religious guy who originally she left at the altar. What? (laughs) Get some self-esteem, dude. I feel like if someone leaves you at the altar, you're not supposed to, like, get back with them. Sex in the City, the movie, take note. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that was just, I, I couldn't believe it. But I was like, meh, whatever. Good on <laughs> Indeed. Okay, season 17. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the main point here is that Meredith is now a badass and she hates the healthcare system because it doesn't let people get help. So she breaks the law and uses her daughter's name instead of a client's name, so she commits insurance fraud. And she would have gone to prison except her boyfriend, Dr. DeLuca, took the fall for her because he's, like, oh. so in love. And, yep, Meredith turns herself in and she's like, no, like, I committed, I broke the law, I'll go to jail. And so oh. then, yeah, in the season finale, it ends with Meredith uh, turning herself in. That's why they need Obamacare. Yes, exactly. They need Obamacare. And she's honestly, she's the best. There's this medical trial that happens during the, that, sh- that season. And she, they're like, so, like, do you regret doing what you did? Like, you know, you've broken the law and stuff. She's like, nah. <laughs> she's like, I, I'm sorry, not sorry. Like, I'd do it again. Don't care. Wow. So she's just, yeah, she's, awesome. she's an awesome legend. <laughs> Teddy comes back with Owen's baby. Oh, I know. And it's kind of like the best because Owen gets a baby, but it's also just like, oh, I don't know. It's all confusing. Finally, a baby for Owen. And also like Teddy and Owen were quite beautiful. Like they've obviously been in love during like They were, the but war, they do not which work. Which is really epic. They don't work anymore. Like I'm not, oh. I'm not shipping them. I don't want them to be together. I want Teddy to be with this other guy called Tom Karasik, who's this real dickhead, like hilarious, smart ass surgeon guy. Um, but actually it's got a heart of gold as every heartthrob does you know (laughs) so that's season 15 well that means we're up to the last season bring it home babe season 16 all right so meredith completes her community service richard has like some massive health issue and they realize that it's from a hip replacement and he's got cobalt poisoning random Um, very random um teddy and owen are engaged but actually she's in love with tom and in the season finale um she's hooking up with tom and accidentally leaves owen a voicemail of them having sex and he hears it in an or because of course an intern answers his voicemails and puts it on loudspeaker while he's doing a surgery um and a piece of information i completely forgot to say was that mid-season of season 16 Karev just up and leaves, and he turns out he's actually shacked up with Izzy, who's had his twins. What? Yeah, because they had, like, little baby freezer... Um, embryos. Embryos. <laughs> not babies in the freezer. <laughs> Do not put babies in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, and so he was like, she was like, I'd want some kids, and he's like, I don't want kids, and she's like, well, I'd like some kids, and... She's like, well, I don't live where you live, so, you know, can I have your I sperm? I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I exactly. guess that's a sensible adult decision. Okay. Exactly. The other thing is um, Christina sends a little gift to Meredith in the form of a man called McWidow, and um, he's Irish, and he's nice. also lost his partner. They haven't got together yet, but that's clearly the foreshadowing for the plot of season 17. Awesome. Well, that's Grey's Anatomy. We did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> 
So we've already talked about your favourite character, obviously being Danny Duquette, but do you have any other favourite characters? <laughs> I do, yeah, I do. So obviously we've talked about my adoration for Christina Yang, um, but also Meredith. Um, so in the beginning she's That's very... That's controversial. Yes, she's very annoying in the beginning. Um, I don't know if she actually just became a better actress. It was Maybe. 16 years ago that this began and yeah, she was true. like just a little cherub. Um, but now she's, you know, she's actually quite an established actress. She's really come up in how she delivers everything. I love everything she says. I'm hanging on for every comeback that she has. And also she built her character up after Derek Derek died, you know, which is really good to see in a big show that continued for, it's continued for five more seasons since an absolute major character died. Um, and it's just, she's epic. She's absolutely epic. I feel like she's changed even in the seasons I've seen, the six seasons. Like she does have a lot of range as an actor, but this is really hilarious <laughs> thing where she's like going to therapy and then it's like, you're sleeping around because you've got mummy issues because your mummy ignored you and you're sleeping with all these guys and you don't even remember their names. But then you went to therapy and now she's fixed and now she's monogamous with Derek. Isn't that good? And it's totally like, the reason you're a slut is because you haven't dealt with your mummy issues. <laughs> so true. Oh. Um, another fun fact about Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. All the episode names are the names of songs. Really? Yeah. Have a look next time you're watching. I honestly didn't know that. Can you believe yeah. that after 16 seasons, I didn't even pick that up? You're like, why are these <laughs> just really random names? <laughs> well, I guess like, because if I was watching it on TV or whatever, I wouldn't have noticed the episode titles. But when you watch it on exactly. something like Stan, you do. All right. So did you have any other favorite moments in the show? Um, I do really like the Meredith and Christina friendship and their little you're my person thing. Yeah. Because they're kind of like both very closed off people and they open up to each other and have this like really nuanced, beautiful friendship. Yeah, like for a show that does not have a reputation as being good, like it's extremely trashy hospital show, but sometimes (laughs) there there are some really random, beautiful moments that you know, has some really good points and make you feel things. Like you can cry in an episode, you can be belly laughing in an episode. They just really, they really hit you hard sometimes. And Mm. although it can be corny, other times they create something so perfect, like what you spoke about with the Meredith and Christina friendship. And also the Christina and Owen relationship, that relationship was so nuanced about Owen wanting a baby and Christina really not wanting a baby. You don't see that gender. No, you don't. It's often. Yeah, exactly. And it was seasons and seasons of resentment. Like it wasn't just like one storyline that was isolated. It's like it came back again and again and again. And it was, it was really, really well fleshed out and was very sad. Like it actually can be a really good show. Oh, well that was, that was a real trip down memory lane for me. I absolutely love this show. So, again, all the seasons are on Stan. If you're in quarantine and you haven't seen it, get on it. There's heaps to catch up on, and it's a great show. Okay, I think it's time then for our weekly Heroes segment. All right, so for my weekly Heroes this week... Uh, it's kind of a personal one. <laughs> um, it's literally the couple of vets and the McIver Road Vet Clinic in Bendigo. <laughs> um, my little pup, Louie, has been very sick the last few weeks. He's been throwing up. He's lost heaps of weight. We just couldn't figure out what was going on, and I was kind of thinking the worst. But um, uh, it turns out that he actually has doggy diabetes. 
<laughs> which Aww. I didn't didn't even know dogs could even have, but he does. And so, look, it was just it was a bit of a roller coaster to get to that diagnosis. And um, you know, there's a few people in particular, my old housemate Sonora, who um, came around at midnight to give him an injection for the nausea. Um, a couple of my friends from dancing who actually all work at that vet, um, Genevieve and Dr. Cara, um, who just, you know, even in the pandemic came out, took Louis from me, carried him inside um, and just took such good care of him. And knowing that he was in safe hands was just absolutely everything. So, you know, shout out to vets. They have not had, um, you know, any recognition in COVID right now, but they are an essential service and, you know, looking after our little fluffy, fluffy friends. Oh, that's such a good one, babe. I'm so glad yeah, that your dog's okay. And he's back here with uh, with me now while we're recording this. So our yeah. co-producer, Louis. Mine is Kia Tobin, who works at Thistleton Lodge, which is an aged care home in England. And Kia noticed that one of her residents, Ken, every night he slept with a printed out photo of his wife in the bed. Um, And she'd also been a resident of the nursing home before she passed away. And after uh, Kia noticed that he did this every night, she got him a pillow and she printed on the photo on the pillow and she surprised him with it. And how I found out about this is through this like beautiful video of her being like, what have you got there, love? And she hands him the pillow and he looks at it and he just bursts into tears and is hugging it and like seeing an elderly man crying, like sobbing. It's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. So what a like small act of kindness that like makes a big difference to someone and like good on you, Kia. It was beautiful. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to head to the country. For my country news update this week, I could not go past the fact that there is so much awesome rainfall in rural and regional Australia and for the farming communities. It's just so awesome how well everyone's crops are doing. There's been more rain in the last four months than in the whole of 2019. I know. It's insane, isn't it? It is insane. And so, yeah, a lot of farmers are looking at their gauges some farmers year-to-date rainfall is 540 millimeters and last year he only got 280 millimeters so he's already doubled what he got last year and it's only april so hopefully people can yeah get some good crops and yeah very very good next year yeah i (laughs) hilariously i did the rain as well but look it's big country news everyone's talking about the rain so Um, In addition to the rain, I do have another little story here. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it's about the town of Yarram in in Gippsland. And basically, it's been overhauled by this epic artist called Hesco. And he, it's basically, they've sort of, Re- rebranded Yarram to be called Hisco Town, and so what he's oh, done. That's awesome. Yeah. So what he's done is he's um he's put up all this artwork on silos, on buildings, on sheds, um on shops, on hotels, pretty much everywhere. He's literally transformed this town into into being this kind of amazing site for artwork. And you know we've all probably heard of the silo art tours and stuff yes, all around, yep. but this is. 
very, very concentrated art, you know, hopefully to bring lots of tourists down to that region, not just to Yarram, but to towns around it. Um, and it looks beautiful. There's a website that I will put in the show notes um, where we can f- where you can find all the stories behind the artwork. Um, and even like there was a video on the news that said he did an artwork at the golf club, you know, of an old famous golfer from back in the day, um, you know, and some of the stories in all of his artwork um, pretty much have a meaning behind them. And it's all gorgeous. personal to the town or personal to the town or just, yeah, just some really beautiful um, country scenes. That is such an awesome story and definitely a great reason once coronavirus restrictions lift to head down to East Gippsland and support some fire affected communities. I love that. Okay, time for recommendations. So the first recommendation for me is season three of Killing Eve, which is available on ABC iView. Um, If you haven't seen Killing Eve, it's a fantastic show, which is very topical given our love for Sandra Oh conversations earlier. Um, (laughs) She's in it. Um, There's another fantastic English actress called Jodie Comer who plays a sociopath assassin and um, Eve is played by Sandra Oh and she's a detective working for MI6 and it's just, it's very, very funny. It's well constructed. It's well written. It, it can be gruesome at times, but the wit, mm, the definitely. smarts, the characterization. It's created by Phoebe Waller Bridge, who also produced uh, Fleabag. Get on to Killing Eve. <laughs> Seriously, it, it is a show. If you haven't seen it, I'm jealous of you because I wish I did, <laughs> hadn't seen it. So I had it to watch all over again. <laughs> I'm also going to recommend a show on iView. So it's the new show High Fidelity. It's an adaption of the 1995 film, which is based on a book by Nick Hornby, who also wrote another of my favorite movies based on one of his books, which is about a boy. Oh, cool. And so the High Fidelity remake is really cool. Like it's got a lot of nostalgia for the 1995 film and a lot of the same lines, but they've flipped the gender of the main character. So it's a woman. It's played by Zoe Kravitz. Um, So it is set in 2020 and it all came out on iView a few days ago. They've dropped the whole series. So definitely recommend checking that one out. Fabulous. And I think that's it from us. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'll catch you next week when we have a great episode prepared for you. Next week, we are going to be discussing Pyramid Schemes and Gilmore Girls. The one and only true love Gilmore Girls. (laughs) Don't miss it. See you then. Please note that the views expressed within this podcast are our own and we are not experts. We have done some serious Googling and even some serious internet deep dives, but we are by no means qualified. If you need actual advice, please speak to a licensed professional. We can even help you Google one.